Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast where each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And this week we are battling our own intro here. So Roger Ebert, who is a you know critically acclaimed critic for film, cinema, art, all those fun things, has he came out with a statement in 2010 that kind of shook the gaming industry as a whole. And it made people really start to question these things, which I think is a very fascinating thing. But what he said is that games cannot be art. That in our lifetime, uh, we will never be able to equate a game to what we would consider like a masterpiece, right? And I, I think that is such a backwards, horrible way of thinking about things. Um, the exact thing that he said was, uh, let's see real quick, yeah, no one in or out of the field has ever been able to cite a game worthy of comparison with the great poets, filmmakers, novelists, and poets, which he said poets twice in his quote, which I think is kind of funny. So obviously he's not paying attention. <laughs> but Ebert also wrote that an immersive game without points or rules but I would say then it ceases to be a game and becomes a representation of a story. So he has a lot of thoughts behind this and he actually received quite a bit of backlash for this. And spoiler alert, I disagree with this 100%. I think we both do, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah, this is this is not the case. And we do have to remember that this was written in 2010 where maybe the games that came out and we can kind of discuss what games were coming up around that time or some of the bigger ones that would have made it to Ebert's eyes uh, maybe that's why he went to this conclusion but it is kind of interesting to think that some designers themselves also hold this idea or think that this statement is true and to a certain extent it can be true if you look at it from one specific viewpoint where if you look at it where games need to have a set of rules there needs to be a point system and there needs to be a central goal at the end like one central goal at the end then i can kind of see where you might say that games cannot be art but to say that all games cannot be art and that we will in our lifetime we will not see anything that would even constitute as art or even should be even thought about that way, I think is completely, completely wrong and backwards. And it is it's it is frustrating to hear it because he was uh, reached out to by a lot of people who disagreed with the statement and they sent him long list of games uh, that were coming out around that time or came out in the past. And he disregarded everything that they said. He basically said that I don't have time to dig into all this stuff and there's no way that any of them are going to change his mind anyway, which I think is such a like a very narrow viewed way of looking at this. Why make that kind of a statement against an entire industry if you're not willing to do a little bit of research behind it first or even after the fact? The most he did was make another article responding to his original quote and responding to some of the people that he said had the better version of an argument. And the, some of the games that were brought up, I would say, are not good examples of it, uh, which I think is tough. And it does kind of suck, right, that, you know, that does happen. But at least one of the games that he does bring up in his follow-up article, 
I, we have discussed this game in the past and it is a game or like I would consider it a work of art game, right? But you can tell by the way he writes about it, he didn't look into the game at all. He just watched the example that was given to him, basically a trailer probably or some still frames and didn't bother doing any research into it, which is, I think, a horrible way of starting an argument, right? Like, how can you not Mm -hmm. be open-minded to this? Like, I I feel like to kind of like open it up even further, I mean, with our other show, Murder of Grey, we do this a lot where we have one side of the argument. Like, every time we bring up a question in that show, like, we instantly have a response to it, right? But we try and do our due diligence and look at it from the other side as well. Right. Try and bring in how can someone rationally think about this? Because I feel like it's so important to do that. We live in a world where there's going to be people who think the exact opposite of you and we're supposed to coexist. We're supposed to live together side by side. So you need to know where someone else is coming from. You need to have that sort of empathy to put yourself in someone else's shoes and to completely disregard something is so arrogant and egotistical that it really is kind of frustrating that someone like Roger Ebert, who is, he's on, like, I mean, I've known his name since I was a child, right? And Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of upsetting that this guy is so renowned for his writings where he can basically make or break a movie, a piece of art or anything like that. And he completely tore down the gaming industry with one simple statement like that. And how can you take any of his words seriously if he's not willing to listen to the other side of the argument? That's that's my big issue here. I I don't know. It's really frustrating. It's it's weird. I for the longest time I always heard people like kind of have that same thought where, you know, games aren't art. And it's understandable, you know, especially twenty ten. You know, like the big games, you know, the only ones like Mass Effect, all that stuff, great games. But at the end of the day, they are games, right? They, (laughs) while they have a cool story, nothing, not too much before that time will really be considered like, oh, this would be great in like an art museum. Mm -hmm. You know, like there were masterpieces before it. You know, you go back to JRPGs, you go back to like, 90s you know super nintendo like there's beautiful and great stories told in those games but nothing is really like art housey and the the art house games that were released throughout time usually aren't really games they're more like interactive art i guess you could call like you know, I look at, there was like the Waco one, there's a Columbine one, there's ones where it's like, oh, this is, you play out the events and you make it all artistic. And I'm like, it, would, could you really consider that a game or would you call it an interactive movie, you know? Or just and, an interactive warning or like a PSA, right? Like that to me is more on the level of like a PSA. And that's what, when I looked up like art house games, a lot of them were games like that, where it was like warning or something like that, or a play on like a modern issue, which, you know, it's great that people have, you know, trying to get their ideas out there like that. But 
it's using like a game engine as an art style, which I know that there is a term for that. I think it's machina, machinima. Oh, machinima. Machinima. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I really <laughs> butchered that word. Um, but I mean, that's something different, but yeah, that's like, that's taking a, uh, like a gaming system or a game itself and bending it to create a different source of media, right? Like, uh, for those, I mean, like Red vs. Blue, right? Probably, I think Mm -hmm. it was the first machinima or first mainstream machinima that got out there where they took Red vs. Blue and, or they took Halo itself and just put voice actors over it and enacted these scenes within the game itself. So, Mm -hmm. like, they, they took that media and warped it into what could be considered an art form. Instead of um, having the game be the art, yeah. Like, it's interesting, because I tried to really look through kind of what people consider artists in the gaming world, which, you know, nowadays, I would say there's a good list of developers and writers who I could see being considered, you know, an artur, I guess you would call it, right? Mm-hmm. And... Will the gaming world ever have a Picasso or Van Gogh that's a big enough name where even, you know, sports chads or normies would know the name, even though they don't play games? Maybe, maybe not. I'm going to go with maybe not unless the scene changes. Mm -hmm. And I felt at first maybe that's what Ebert thought was that, you know, these game creators you know, their names are not going to be used in everyday talk when someone sees a weird face painting and they're like, man, that's like some Picasso kind of thing, right? Like, we're not just going out there throwing like, oh, this is a Nintendo thing. I mean, it's not going to be like, oh, like, you know, when you describe something, you describe something as like Lovecraftian, right? Like, or like Shakespearean style play, like it, it might maybe eventually like there's a few developers that i think could break those bounds like kojima right like i could Mm -hmm. see kojima being one of the first names that is so well known out there like as far as like designers go they um which actually was nothing i was gonna get into like i was a lot of people consider kojima as kind of the first art tour when it comes to games and I think if you want to consider games as art, it's very easy to do if you're in the gaming ecosystem, right? So, like, for all of us that play games or enjoy games, it's easy for us to hear a name and be like, oh, they're perfect. They Whatever they touch is just art. Like, it's mm-hmm. easy for us to see it, but when people outside of the gaming world hears these names, it, it doesn't ring a bell. Right, because well, it it not everyone plays games, whereas like art or music is kind of everywhere. Even movies, you know, more people are willing to give a movie a try and not a game, just because you don't know how how to you don't have to know how to play a game to enjoy, you know, like a movie. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a weird comparison. And I can kind of get why he says it, but 
the problem is, is that you could consider a lot of these other things as not art either, right? Mm-hmm. Like movies or music, even though we all know they're art. Well, it to not call games art either is kind of dumb. Well, and, well, like to the to that point as well is most of those artists were not considered valid artists during their time. Yeah, they were only considered artists like far after their time. Like if you look at like artists like Man Ray, like his art was shunned. Like he was actually like kicked out of galleries. He couldn't get a showing anywhere. And his stuff was looked at as like him putting garbage in the galleries themselves because it wasn't the stereotypical art form, right? Same thing with Van Gogh. Van Gogh was not a successful painter. He didn't sell a single painting while he was alive. His paintings only sold and became popular after the fact, right? Like it's the, mm-hmm. it's the same thing with a lot of writers too. Like this, it happens. They don't reach critical acclaim until far after they're no longer, you know, practicing their art form. And I think that's the the big thing here, too, to think about. Like, gaming is, is still fairly new, where a lot of the original designers are still alive to this day, right? Yep. Where they can theoretically keep designing, keep creating, and some of them are. But once we lose, like, if, like I'm not trying to put this out into the ecosystem or out in the universe, but, like, if when Kojima does pass away... Right. Like we will not get another Kojima game. And then that is whenever we're going to reach critical claim with his style, because he has a very particular style that like Mm -hmm. you just know whenever you play it or for those who have experienced his style of games. So like I think that's whenever we're going to start seeing it, maybe in like 20, 30 years when some of these great designers of our time do are no longer there to actually design anymore then people are going to start saying like oh you know i was heavily inspired by the work of x right and that's whenever they're going to start being remembered for what they did and with gaming becoming more part of the mainstream i feel like that is going to be more and more of a thing right where now even colleges are recognizing esports as a valid sport, or they're even trying to get into talks with the NCAA. And this is a topic for some other time because I've been doing a real lot of research into this. But like, I feel like once that happens, like you can get a scholarship with it now, right? Like you can get a scholarship for games. So like, I feel like it's it's reaching that mainstream avenue where now that's going to be considered art. Like, think about not that long ago, comic books were looked at as garbage. Right. By the mainstream, by most people. But now comic books are gold and they are art forms and the artists are being remembered for the work that they put in for all those years without recognition now. Right. So it's it's the same process. It's the same thing that we're going through. And it's actually really fascinating because most of these things, we weren't alive to watch that that transformation, that growth. And we're seeing it now. We're able to live through this. And probably in our lifetime, we'll be able to see the creation of games, the shunning of games, the acceptance of them, and then the acceptance of them as being a true art form. Like, that's fascinating. And that's super exciting. And it's it's, it's actually really cool to be able to see history unfold like that in front of us. And to realize that mm-hmm. we are living through this right now. How cool is that? It's it's actually pretty exciting when you think about it. 
I mean, I think it's it's interesting. You know, it's like, yeah, we could get into all these other like scenes of art that have been around forever. But like with games, it's like, you know, it's still so young, even though it's been around for decades. It's just getting to the point now where a lot of games either don't feel like games or don't look like it. Or they're just different, right? They're not your typical arcade games anymore, Mm -hmm. right? It's not your stupid, you know, Asteroids or Pac-Man. No disrespect to those games. You know, they're classics, but But, they've evolved since then. But they're not like a typical game game. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thinking back to Kojima, there's so many other like kind of big, I don't want to say huge names, but there's people that make things that, in the gaming ecosystem masterpieces you know you look at shigeru miyamoto with like mario you Mm -hmm. look at um miyazaki for like the souls games even like suda 51 with his own kind of art style and or ueda for shadow Colossus and ico right like and just his general thought behind gaming like and like in here in the u.s we got like tim schaefer with like grim fandango psychonauts like his artistic tim burton style mm-hmm. um uh, even else. like it's software right like those are gonna be remembered yeah, yeah. like the romero it, you know the the john carmack and john romero are names that are going to be remembered for gaming i think when 50 years from now when gaming has become to a point where it's in everyone's lives right i don't want to say the metaverse because fuck that no but when it becomes something that everyone in their life, because think about it, 50 years from now, a lot of us boomers, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we will be boomers by that point. Oh, yeah. A lot of us have played games. We're going to look at it totally different than the boomers of now, mm-hmm. right? The boomers of now still think games are a joke. And I know, I know there's some of you old farts out there that are really into gaming too, you know, the Atari heads and stuff like that. But, as we get older, you know, we change society's view of certain things, you know, and I mean, you have to think that, yeah, gaming was slowly getting bigger and bigger over time. I think the big first big sport was esports that really kind of pushed people into thinking, oh, games can be more than just a game, right? And then, you know, Minecraft and Fortnite and Roblox, like, as a lot of people cringe at those names, those games have brought people into the gaming world that probably never would have touched those things before. You know, granted, a lot of those are kids, mm-hmm. but those kids are going to grow up and look at games differently than a lot of other people from even my era. Right. You know, when I was growing up, I didn't know many kids playing games, right? They were more kids that played card games that I knew. But there was maybe three of us that played video games. Everyone else was in the sports, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, nowadays it's like every damn kid has played a game at least once. Even if it is just Fortnite, it's still a game, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's awesome. And I think that because so many people have an interest in games now, we're going to see much more artistic ways of making games. Mm -hmm. Even though, like... Sometimes the avant-garde side of gaming gets a little weird and isn't seem like the most interesting 
game, sometimes those weird games actually are kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited for the future. I mean, even just playing games all my life, like recently I've been really wanting to make a game. And I mean, the problem with me is I'm not artistic in the sense that I'm like, oh, I can't sit here and draw cool images. So like, it would be me wanting to make more of like the gameplay of it. And there's so many different things I want to make. And I'm just like, oh man, I want to put this style into it. And I think of like some of these game creators, right? And I'm like, oh, what was, what's their art style? What's their style? And I want to, I want to do something like that. And for me, that's when I realized like these games are a form of art, Mm -hmm. you know, like if there's creators out there that inspire you to either make something similar, you know, it's art, right? Mm -hmm. If a bake off, if your cake is considered art, then a game is considered art. That's true. You know, like food is art. Yeah. It, that's it's like you know a lot of things can be considered art and if you are a pretentious asshole and think oh the only kind of art is like fine art right like oh only impressionist or you know with movies like oh only the coppola classics are art it's like there's so much more out there Mm -hmm. you know you gotta broaden your view and a lot of people who get into art music scenes who are pretentious like that like they get stuck in their own little circle of music and art and i know because i've had a lot of friends that get like that and for me i've always loved exploring and finding new things to enrich my mind Mm -hmm. and i think that's the other problem with games that there's so many different styles of games out there that like it'd be hard to pinpoint art in those games but with indie games, it's a little bit easier because if one looks cool to us with a really cool art style or graphic style, we can easily just be like, oh, that's art. Right. You know, but yeah. I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> well, actually, there is a pretty big industry that did want to counteract or counter what Roger Ebert actually said, and that is the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. They actually looked at this quote from Roger Ebert and said, no, you're wrong. Games can be art. And the MoMA has acquired a, like quite a few games over the years. And now they are in the museum at being showcased as such, as art, which I think is really interesting. Now, the weird thing about this, though, is the games that they have acquired, I wouldn't necessarily consider them art games or good examples of an art style game or a game that represents art which is a little funny and it sounds a little counterintuitive to what we've been saying right but the games that they picked to acquire are critically acclaimed games or like high selling games or extremely popular games right it feels like they're kind of like they're missing the indie side of it which makes sense because you know, like they're only going to pay attention to the games that are worldly renowned, right? Whereas, mm-hmm. like, because it's the same thing with the artwork. You only pay attention to the artwork that is known around the world. That's why you have in a museum like that, right? That were why that museum's so big. But like some of the games that they acquired, here's a little list of it. But like games like Pac-Man, Tetris, Another World, Mist, 
SimCity or even The Sims, Katamari <laughs> Damacy, which I think is really a funny one to put in there, but like <laughs> EVE Online, Dwarf Fortress, Portal, like they've acquired these games and apparently they're in talks of even um, acquiring Space War from 1962, one of the original games, which mm. I think is really cool, and even Minecraft, which I think is interesting. Which I could see the appeal of Minecraft. I mean, I get it for like an emotional therapeutic sense. Like that's a very different way of looking at it. But like none of these games, in my opinion, really push that argument forward of like this is an art style that needs to be treated as such. Right. Because uh, I, I feel like there's much better examples of that. And like, for instance, one of the games that I've been thinking about ever since we uh, saw this uh, little quote here, was actually Greece. You know, that game is beautiful. And I feel mm -hmm. like it perfectly balances game and art. And I think that's the key here. And it does go against the argument. Like, I would totally see that if Ebert was given this game or shown it or it had it explained to him, he wouldn't consider it a game. So then, therefore this game cannot be art, right? Like he would declassify it because there isn't the stereotypical point system that is what he's expecting to see from a game. So like his, that's where his argument is coming from. And I think that's where it's getting so skewed and where it's being misrepresented, right? Like Greece is a beautiful story and it's a very engaging game. Like, and it keeps you wanting to move forward. It, and it's just beautiful to look at, not just for the visuals, but just the little nuances in the untold story. It's not like you're just reading a book, right? Like, it, the, mm -hmm. it's just a gorgeous title through and through. And the fact that it's, you know, hand-painted, watercolor, like, everything about it is just a gorgeous, gorgeous title. But... Like, I, I feel like this definitely needs to be one of the things that gets classified under, uh, like, games that are art. Like, this is, I think, a perfect one to really push that argument forward. Or games under, like, similar to this style, at least. So another game that I would really consider to be an art form is one that I talk about way too much. <laughs> and I'm sure some people can already guess what it's going to be. But it's Journey. Like, that game honestly is the first game that changed my view set of games themselves and what they can be how they can deliver a story how they can be engaging all of it the gameplay is gorgeous the story is phenomenal it's a great experience and it's one that honestly still lives in my mind every single day every day that i think about games I feel like that game pops up or like I feel like I'm comparing that like that has become like my comparison to other games as to where it lands. Right. Is it an art game or is it just a game game? Right. And I, I feel like it's I don't know. There's so much behind that. It, it maybe it was due to the fact that when I played it, it I was at, in a pretty dark time and I kind of needed something like that. And maybe that's why it stuck with me so much. But there's a lot of people who have had that same experience with this title. And there's actually a lot of books that have been written or a lot of essays as well about this game itself and what it was able to do to push the genre forward. I mean, I'm staring at a book right now that's called the How Games Move Us. And it's it has Journey on the front cover. And Journey is the main game that they talk about on a perfect example of how games can you know motivate how they can like make us react in emotional ways 
And I, I think that's just a perfect example of another art game. Now, unfortunately, these two games did come out after Ebert passed or like they weren't big enough uh, and to even reach his radar, I would assume, even if he was alive today. Right. So like and I feel like they completely counteract his argument. And it's it, it is a shame, in my opinion. I knew you were going to talk about that. <laughs> I had to. But, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, I think anytime people think, like, artsy games, they always think of, you know, Journey. Anything from that game company, mm-hmm. as they're called, or Annapurna, like, you just know it's going to be, like, art. No. Kind of. I think the next game I'm going to add to that list is probably Stray. Watch out. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. We'll hear you talk about it for three weeks. Because <laughs> you can just be a cat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's an um, for me. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I think a game that I played this year that really kind of changed my view a lot. Um, especially puzzle games, because I feel like a lot of time puzzle games almost are always considered art games just because they make you think. Mm. I mean, I know that's not the best way of putting it, but it it's easy to make a beautiful puzzle game, right? It's just hard to make a good puzzle game. So a lot of times these puzzle games kind of have a great idea, but they look kind of crap mm-hmm. right or they look very basic um for me gorgoa mm. uh is a very beautiful game that's uh hand-drawn and illustrated uh by jason roberts and it actually won like a the debut game of 2018 at the bafta right and like it's gotten a lot of different awards and it's a beautiful game and the puzzles like it's not super difficult it it you do have to think you know it's not like portal where you can just keep shooting your portal on the wall and hoping the puzzle works right Mm -hmm. it's not physics based this game is just beautiful and i mean it is still more of a game than a you know work of art but every still image on there is just so beautifully drawn that you can't tell me if someone looks down there like that you know someone would say like oh that's not beautiful or ew that's you know that wouldn't be art like that game looks like art books that i've read Mm -hmm. and it truly was a great game i mean for it being like short which for puzzle games i think are beneficial especially if they're under four hours long um highly recommend that game if you want to feel fancy (laughs) Because I, I definitely felt fancy after playing that. Like, it just, it made me happy. It made me want to look at more art. Um, and, you know, this... God, there's so many games now I could really go on about hand-drawn and how I think they all look like art. But going kind of in a different route, my other game that I wanted to talk about that I still haven't beaten. I'm very, I think I'm very close though, because I've spent quite a amount of time in this. But it's a manifold garden. Mm. Yeah, that's it's a very a beautiful one. game. Yeah. Um, very 
Etcher inspired inspired uh, game because it's just you know the steps leading everywhere and going up and down. Like I I'm a big fan of that style. Um, I have like three books in my closet just based on that style mm-hmm. because I love it. And it's another puzzle game, physics puzzles this time, which you know good or bad. I know some people love them, some people hate them, but the game's really cool. And, you know, you could take so many, like, stills of that game and be like, you know, show it to someone. They're going to think, oh, this is just, you know, someone was on Photoshop or something or Illustrator, you know, like graphic design. Like it, when you look at still images of it and you don't look at the things that you interact with, like it just looks like someone painted this like it it's crazy how good the game looks and i know there's a lot of other games out there too that with still shots they look like just you know a still image still art Mm -hmm. but this game is beautiful and i know there's a lot of other beautiful games out there that do that too and i think for me that's how i kind of see the art in games is that i'm someone who loves to take photos in games Mm -hmm photo mode even if they don't have photo mode like i try to find a way of getting a good shot and so many games recently are just so beautiful or they have such inspirational shots in a sense that it makes me like escape i guess you could say that you could really see the art in almost any game for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of junk out there, but it, I think it's something we should really look at. And like you said before, like it's such a young medium that we're probably not going to get that kind of opinion for a long time. If, if games are just being accepted kind of now in the mainstream as much as they are, it'll be a while it'll probably be another few decades before people kind of treat it the same way mm-hmm. but you know that's fine you know people the the creators who are making works of art right now like they're at least treated well right they're highly regarded and you know they're famous in the communities but i don't know i'm i'm really excited to see what people's artistic values go into the upcoming games because every year i see all these indie titles come out i'm just like damn this looks cool damn this style is different but i love it like i don't know every year i'm happy to see what's new and it's just it's exciting yeah i agree this is i mean the question of what is art has been something that has been discussed for so long ever since art was even invented right and the people who really pushed those boundaries in the early ages like it's it takes a while for that recognition to happen like even impressionist art was looked at as not art for so long and then it got slowly more and more accepted and then now that's like looked at as you know traditional art Whereas before it wasn't even art. And then every time like a new art genre appeared, 
it challenged that idea of what is art and it was looked at as not art for a long period of time cubist style painting right like that was not art for a long time people looked at it as garbage because they couldn't make heads or tails of it abstract art right like it's there's all kinds of stuff like that and it's just it's interesting to see the growth of the medium itself and the the art form right but now we're venturing into this whole new category of mixing art and technology and saying like the final product can't be art whenever it is, right? Whether you're doing it with a brushstroke or a keystroke, you're making something out of nothing. You're creating a memorable experience. You're impacting someone in a positive or negative way, which art does, right? Like it could impact someone negatively as well. Like you're telling a story just like the novelist or the poets out there do with their tales, right? Like it's it's so weird because if you break apart a game to its core components, you have screenwriters, you have designers, you have like all this stuff, you have programmers, and each individual one could be looked at as an artist creating something beautiful that could be considered art. But for some reason, when we put all of that together, it's not art anymore. And it just makes no sense to me. It's the perfect collaboration of a multitude of art forms. So how is it not art? How can it not be, right? And it's just, mm-hmm. it's bizarre. It makes no sense to me. But I don't know. Maybe it's just frame of reference. Maybe it's just age. Maybe it's nostalgia speaking and the fact that we grew up playing these games and we have a different type of appreciation for them. I mean, of course we appreciate art or we appreciate games as a whole. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for like almost a couple years now, right? Like, of course we have an appreciation for them and a different mindset than most people probably have. But I don't know. I'm excited to see the future, to see what else comes out, what else pushes the boundaries, and to see what actually, I like, I'd be so excited to see the day that, you know, an actual designer gets the recognition that they deserve in an art book. Like, that's going to be fascinating. I can't wait to see video game studies as like an art 103 class or whatever the hell, right? Like, how cool would that be? <laughs> But I feel like that's going to happen in the future. It's going to be a thing or it's going to be an option for people to learn about. I mean, shoot, you can get a a accredited degree right now in game art. Like I have. And so it's it's a thing like it's it's a part of our everyday life now. It's a it's an acceptable career path. It's all of that. And you are a designer no matter what. So. If you are a designer out there making games and someone ever tells you you're not an artist, ignore them. Don't get angry and confront them. That's the wrong thing to do because you're just going to create more enemies that way. But ignore what they're saying and just know in your heart you are an artist. You are creating. You're making something. And you know what? Even if that person is such a like so negative about what you made, you impacted them. And that's exactly what art does. So kudos good job (laughs) but with that i think that's going to do it for us this week thank you guys so much for listening in and we will talk to you all next week with some more wonderful game ideas and to really really drive point the home or drive home the point that games are in fact art but until then bye for now